speak like this, looking into your eyes, holding your hand. <laughs> Man, I was so keen for it. Uh, <laughs> Dab before we start. Lock our eyes. Oh, uh, well, they can't see what's going on below the desk. Uh, yeah, that's why. <laughs> They'll just see like a, <laughs> a rhythmic. <laughs> Boys, welcome to the third episode of the Fatherless Podcast. Today I'm joined with Iman Gadzi. But first of all, before we begin, first, thank you for the hospitality. Iman flew me out business class and I've been staying with him for the past few days. My pleasure, I dude. I appreciate that, man. So, you've had the absolute... Actually, wait. I've... Wait, I forgot something. Restore. Okay, wait. Stay here. I forgot. <laughs> I got it. Okay. Go on. <laughs> okay, so Iman has like a very expensive... <laughs> oh, mashallah. Re recording the podcast reminded me because we were talking about it. It was in the maid's room. I forgot that. There you go. That's for you. Thank you. I hope it's a bathroom. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you should not, baby. <laughs> Only thing is there's no hood, so I don't know how That's well it'll work for your videos. Oh my God. That's fancy, bro. Thank you, man. Yeah, my pleasure. You guys want to see me get changed right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful, bro. Yeah, man, they're comfy, huh? It's like the perfect 10 out of 10 gift that you could actually get me, bro. Yeah, because I know you, I know you, you use it every single day. <laughs> When we were first getting the podcast booked, at least he came onto the call with Iman, like just wearing my normal bathrobe. Yeah, he, he came on the call with like me and like <laughs> three of my team members. Just and chest I, there out. Yeah, like we were on a team call before. I was explaining that um, Hamza was coming over with some of my uh, content team. And uh, yeah, obviously showed up to a very professional business meeting <laughs> in just his bare chest and robe. Bro. Yeah. How am I looking, boys? What a nice guy. Looking fresh, man. That's what I mean. The, the hospitality that you've shown me over the last few days, man, I appreciate that. <laughs> no, man, it's my pleasure. So as I was saying, he's flew me out business class. Uh, I got in touch with him originally because I wanted to record this episode with you. Mm -hmm. And you've had like the very iconic story, which I think the majority of young men look up to. You dropped out of high school and now you're a young, successful millionaire at age 22. Mm -hmm. That's phenomenal. That's really remarkable. Yeah. <laughs> I don't... I, I don't know. I feel so like every single year, the um, benchmark for what's phenomenal just keeps get, like, bro, I'm telling you, like in four years, we'll be sitting down with someone who's like 15 and is like a multimillionaire. And like, you mean like, I don't know. I think, uh, yeah, I think anything's possible these days. So mm. I don't like to label anything. So when I first discovered you, my first impression, this was about two and a half, almost three years ago. So I've, I've mentioned a bunch of times my story on my channel. I was down bad, living in Manchester, taking drugs every day, and I just about found entrepreneurship. I wanted to leave the nine to five rat race and everything. And I found the um, online income, make money online type of videos. Mm -hmm. And your videos were popping up, especially like one of the adverts as well. Like, so I'm a 20 year old high school. <laughs> <laughs> and my first impression was riddled with insecurity and jealousy mm -hmm. i hated you you know <laughs> i literally before we ever spoke i'd only ever seen you once before and you were like briefly mentioned in a mo samuels video mm -hmm. but my first impression was entirely negative because i was so sure that you were lying i was so sure that no one like could be that successful you know there was something you were just like lying you faked it for the video or anything mm -hmm. and here i am doing a collab with you mm -hmm. it's as real as you said it was yeah in my office <laughs> um yeah i'm curious i don't know like coming here uh am i any different to what you expected no not necessarily no <laughs> i'd say be because i understand there's always there's like a human side to the person you see online because i i'm now like the face of someone who's online mm -hmm. i kind of expected you to have like that that human side before i came here so i wasn't like fanboying over you or anything but it was really when i think on the first night when we were sat down in the restaurant and we were just speaking about childhood experiences mm -hmm. and it just hit me like this is just like it's just like a guy mm -hmm. 
who's in front of me who's just amassed like a huge level of wealth but it's like he's he's just a real person it doesn't have to be just the pixels on the screen mm, for sure yeah like what do you think of that what do you think of the insecurity or jealousy that we can face when we see someone who's achieved a level of wealth i mean look i think it, it makes sense and you know I think it makes sense. And I think, you know, everyone has it, no matter what they say, everyone has it to a certain point. You know, I even have good friends of mine where like, I, I've even picked up on myself, you know, good, good friends of mine, you know, they have, you know, they achieve, uh, you know, they have a, a great year, they have some great accomplishment. And sometimes they'll tell me about it. And I'm like, I feel that it's just like a little twinge right here. And, you know, mentally, like mentally, I'm so happy for them. I'm like, so happy, so support. They're just that thing. Cause it's the first thing whenever you see, what someone else's experience is or what they've accomplished is you just uh you compare it to yourself mm. right and i don't know to, to me i think it, i think it's natural i don't think there's anything wrong with it plus i will say dude like i look like a fucking cunt sometimes on like, <laughs> right? and i'm i'm very i'm very like aware of that right but the issue is like i always say to people i'm like look here's, here's the thing if i like dude i want to talk about like i like long form stuff i like two hour long form content you know stuff like this where you know i can actually get my personality across um but you know if i like if i if i put out on youtube or i put out an ad or, or you know because back then we were uh, running some ads to try and grow the channel and stuff like that you know if i was like look to me and i genuinely believe the 70 percent of success is meditate work on your past traumas don't drink alcohol as we're having some whiskey <laughs> but like you know if, uh, don't drink alcohol don't smoke a uh, pot i don't care how creative you are mm. and, you know if you're someone who does well on weed i don't give a shit no no you're not um and the other one get nine hours of sleep a day like if you just do those things like bro you're i'm i know this sounds ridiculous but you're honestly and you do it consistently you're honestly 70 percent of the way there and all you need is some sort of vehicle right all you need is some sort of like like here's the thing i'm really not the hardest working i mean i will say like especially you know from 2014 to like 2018 i was i was machine right mm. but these days i'm really not the hardest working it's just you you have to put a lot of hard work in then you have to find the right track in life and by the way, the, you know, everyone wants to talk about business and this and that. I have people in my company. I have many, many, many people in my company who make far more than any business owner will or, you know, any CEO will. Right. These are people who make hundreds of thousands a year because the right track could just be aligning with the right company and every year showing more and more value. So it doesn't necessarily mean, you know, not everyone needs to you know do what I did and drop out of school and build a business, you know, um, but just aligning on the right track because you could have someone who's incredible, but they're part of a company where there is no mm. room for growth. And, you know, the organization is, is very archaic and they don't see the value this person is providing. Whereas if they uh, join a startup or they join something that sort of has that startup, you know, um, a bootstrap mentality to it, um, then they can actually get more ownership. So, you know, anyways, the reason I say all this stuff is because, um, uh, you know, I would love to, you know, my message, I'd love to uh, on the forefront just be like, yeah, all you do is just meditate and, you know, do some uh, trauma release work and all, but it's people don't care about that. People care about like, mm. you know, people care about like all the fancy stuff around and like all the, all the wealth and the money and the blah, 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 and the wealth, money, the girls, like all this stuff is the stuff that's actually like just gets so old so quick and it's not the fun stuff um, or the fulfilling stuff. But yeah, I guess that's what people want to see. Mm. So I like to draw them in with that. Or like, even if you look at my titles, you know, uh, whatever, how I made $10 million in 2021. And then it's like, you look at that and you're like, oh, that's a, your seven life lessons, blah, blah, something like that. And then it's like a 56 minute video where I'm talking about like just some very, very nuanced stuff. So unfortunately, you know, as much as I'd like to just have very nuanced titles and a nuanced approach, um, yeah, sometimes you gotta hook people in. Uh, and, you know, probably even if people look at some of your titles on YouTube, right? It's very like, it's very like abrasive even, mm -hmm. right? Like. Obviously, you do. I, I adore your content, but like, you know, someone might look at it and be like, just very repulsed by it. But then you listen to it and you're like, ah, okay, there's a real message coming across here. So, yeah, I mean, as I said, I, I don't blame you for. I, if I was in your situation, I'd be like, this guy looks like such a twat, man. So, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's on the same level, man. So, uh, I think you have went through you know, the, the process of creating content and try and get people into your funnel. And you do kind of realize that those clickbaity titles where the, the people want to see pussy, 
Mm-hmm. It's pretty much just that. Like they, <laughs> they want pussy, they want easy money, they want like the clickbait thing. What's gonna help them the most is the fundamentals. Mm. I, and so the weird like funnel that I have of my videos is kind of like bait them in with a video about getting girls and halfway through like be like, oh yeah, by the way, you're not getting girls because your mental health is trash right now. Mm. Like you wouldn't want to be around yourself right now. Why would a girl want to be around you? Yeah. But if you make a video on mental health, like they're not gonna click on it because they're horny as fuck. Mm. They think that their problems is just a symptom of lacking the fundamentals. Mm. And that's why I appreciate your content and the monk mode video that really like brought you onto my radar. Because here's like a 40 minute video. You don't see that like like much these days. It's all, you know, like the type of shit I do, which is like three minutes, spurgy shit and everything. But here's a 40 minute video of a guy just purely saying, okay, here's the fundamentals. None of this like, oh, here's how to make, like the titles start with that. Mm. But it's so nice that like, that's the, the start of the funnel to attract the guys who actually need the fundamentals more. Mm-hmm. So I think you're on the right path there. Mm-hmm. But let's say right now that if there's a young guy watching this who was in my position a few years ago, who straight away is getting like negative thoughts because it's like, oh, like he, he's a rich guy, he's wearing an expensive watch and he's just like gave Hamza like an expensive thing. And like, mm-hmm. you know, he, um, he must be greedy. He must be, shy. you know, that perception mm-hmm. that you can have when you have a level of insecurity for the wealthy because you haven't really achieved that yet. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want? Yeah, I mean, basically look, all I'd say is like, so <clears throat> I, I am you just eight years on, Right, like people look at my age and they're like, you know, I just turned 22 and they're like, oh, this is crazy. I'm like, well, I mean, yeah, but also eight years ago, I started reading a book a week, right? So it's like, I don't look at my age. I look at how long have you been doing something, right? Mm. So I, you know, you all look at how long have I been doing something before I even had, you know, that business, you know, the first business that I ever started uh, five and a half years ago, I was reading a book a week. I was going to gym pretty much six times a week, reading a, uh, reading a book a week, going to gym six times a week, meditating anywhere from 30 to 60 minutes a day. I don't even do that now. Uh, I probably know I should do. Um, so I was working on me. I was working on me. And that's why when the right opportunity came about, uh, and you know, the business that I started, it's not very, like having a marketing agency is about as sexy as having an accounting firm. Like, it's not like, you know, uh, I don't know. There's, there's nothing like, sexy about it but it's just it's a service-based business and once again it's like even within the agency world there's people who are slaves to their business and there are people who do it right so whatever business like i don't take pride in being a hard worker i take pride in being very smart and understanding leverage and then i throw in hard work on top of that and that's why i am where i am today um so as i said the reason or, or the thing that i would say to someone who's looking at me is like do what i did eight years ago which is like the fundamentals and do what you did three years ago, which is, the, and that's why you're here today. And by the way, like, it would be very interesting if we were sat here and I was like eight years into self-development, business, this, that, and we had you at eight years, right? Because I guarantee if you probably you eight years sat here with me at eight years, bro, we probably, you probably be much farther ahead than I am, right? So I don't look at it as like age. I look at it as like, how long have you been doing this stuff? So yeah, I mean, for, like it's a, it's a long road and this is why like I love a lot of the, you know, one of my passions is kind of like, uh, I don't know the way to describe like the whole manosphere world. Because mm. it's like, as a man, you're not shit in this world. Like you are not fucking anything and no one will give you an ounce of fucking pity. You, you're here and you got to make it on your own, right? And as a man, you just go brick by brick by brick by brick, year on year on year. And then you look back and, you know, you've accomplished something, but um, yeah, you can either just keep circle jerking and, you know, stay in that loop for years and years. Um, but at some point you gotta face the sobering reality that like you as a man have been brought into this world and you gotta create your own value. Mm. That's a somewhat hard to swallow, like fundamental truth of the manosphere and the red pill because yeah. we've been sold the idea of equality and for some reason, a lot of us have concluded that men and women are okay. We're exactly the same because it's politically correct. And anyone who's in the sort of red pill sphere will know there is major differences, especially in terms of sexual value. And so women generally just get theirs inherently through, through puberty. It's like, they just become like beautiful. And there isn't necessarily much work that they have to do to increase that value. Whereas for a man, unless you're just born with the absolute like top tier genetics and stuff, fair mm-hmm. enough. But apart from that, I think the quote, men have to build their value is so incredibly true, mm. which brings us to like a very interesting, all the, the, the horny guys again, like attention right now. Like let's say Iman eight years ago to Iman now, what's the difference in terms of your dating life? 
Yeah, I don't know, man. Like, I'll, I'll be honest. Like, I've always had a good... Like, I remember when I was... Uh, even when I was like 14, 15, 16. So I had a girlfriend for like two years. My first relationship was like two years. And I remember... Um, bro, back then I was reading uh, Way of Superior Man. I was reading Five Love Languages. I was reading... Uh, um, like, I, I was reading a lot of... Uh, you know, men are from Mars, uh, women are from uh, Venus. Yeah. Um, dude, like I was reading a lot of those books back then. So like even back then, that's why, dude, I'll be honest, women with me are on their absolute best behavior. I don't have a, a I have never experienced a girl in my life that's late, that's disrespectful, that's that like, I know, you know, outside of, I don't know, maybe some whatever, four years ago in a club or, the, you know, like these, these days I don't, I don't experience those sort of things with women. Cause like, um, I cult once again, I cultivated that back when I was like 14, 15, 16, like you need to act in accordance to the person who you want to become right now in order to become that person. So like, dude, when I was like 14, 15, 16, even my girlfriend, like she knew like my work is, I didn't even fucking have a business, right? Like my work is my number one. My self-study is my number one. If, you know, if my girlfriend wants to hang out on Sunday and I haven't read my book for the week, it's not happening. Right. And same thing with my friends. I had the exact same boundaries and same relationships with my friends. And that's why dude, I was a real loner in school. And not only was I a loner, I, I hate the word like bully. Like I, I don't like that word, but like, bro, I was in once again, I think bullying is like it's it's I don't know. Sometimes you can kind of victimize yourself like in the same way you were like, oh, bro, three years ago, I looked at you and I saw your twat. Bro, if I was in school and I didn't have this sort of upbringing that I had and the reasons why I had to grow up quicker, um, I would even look at me and probably make, you know, make fun of me. Dude, I was the fucking loner at lunch, you know, uh, reading a book on my own. There's a very, like, everyone in my school knows this and it's, you know, my best friend likes to tell the story all the time. I used to spend my lunch breaks meditating in the bathroom because if I, w when I woke up, I wake up every morning with like three, four hours sleep because um, I was going to school, going to gym six times a week, reading a book a week, uh, and then also trying all these little like side hustles before I uh, eventually found my business. Um, so I was getting like three, four hours sleep uh, a day. So meditating in the morning was an option. I just fall back asleep and miss school. Um, I couldn't meditate at night because that was usually when I was uh, doing most of my work. And once again, I'd fall asleep. So I just landed on meditating uh, in my uh, lunch breaks. Uh, and I guess that was also because all my friends uh, would like kind of go out uh, for lunch and stuff like that. And I couldn't afford to do that back then. So yeah, you know, um, you know, all this is to say that in terms of my dating life, uh, look, of course I have a lot more options now. And uh, I will say, um, man, I, I, there's, there's some point in my life, I was telling you the other day, there's some point in my life I will actually, I don't know, I just wanna help guys in like the whole day, cause uh, bro, even like a lot of guys who are like, uh, whatever, looked at as like thought leaders and this and that when it comes to dating, like I, I know a lot of these guys like bro, behind closed doors, like it's, yeah, it's not, not what it seems at all. Um, the highest level dating once like highest level business is the same as highest level dating, which is leverage. Like that's all it is, right? Like the more, the, the, like as the years go by, the less and less speaking I do. Mm. Like I, I don't talk, I don't, I'm not a dancing monkey. I don't talk much. Like everything is my entire life. When it comes to my dating life, everything is pre-built. Social proof is pre-built. The place I go to social proof is pre-built. Um, my online presence and stuff pre-built. Like all of the women I have, I mean, even you can kind of look at my Instagram and get a feel-ish for it. Um, you can get a feel-ish for the, it, but it's still like, dude, that's like 1%. Like, I mean, I post stuff on Instagram that, you know, even my friends are like, bro, I can't believe you, you post like, you know, like very raunchy stuff. Um, or not so much raunchy, but it's just, it's clear that I, I, I enjoy a bit of debauchery in my personal life. Um, but bro, that's like the 1%. Um, so yeah, basically I've, I want to do as little amount of work and get the best yield in terms of results. Um, and I apply that to business. And I apply that to my personal dating life. So um, I think there are a lot of, and by the way, like, you know, great book called Power Versus Force. And it's always stuck with me. Uh, you know, I read that book pretty early on. Like, I want to, I want to have power, not force. And, you know, I was telling you the other day, like, dude, I used to be like 16 and I had a fake ID and I used to go to the club three times a week. And, you know, like the best clubs in London, because, uh, uh, you know, I've always had older friends and stuff and they would take me and dude, I practiced cold approach and all that stuff. And, you know, I wasn't drinking at then and I would write down, okay, here's what I did well. And here's and that's why these days, like, bro, it just, it's so natural to me. Mm. Like, it's just, you know, but you got to put in that legwork in the same way. 
they said it's like i made 10 million dollars last year but and someone might look at that and that's insane it's like honestly they said bro and like four years, if you made $10 million, I really would not be surprised, right? Because you're putting in that groundwork. And like back in 2017, I was working like a fucking animal. I was working like a dog, right? And all fairness, I still am just with a lot more leverage. So um, I think, you know, on the whole dating point, there's a lot of hoops you have to go through first. Um, there's a lot of hoops you have to go through first. Uh, but then when you look at the super, super high level guys, like it's uh, basically you just have to forget everything, all the previous stuff. Uh, in terms of uh, like the whole cold approach community and this and that. But you, first you have to go through that. Mm. So stereotypically, a young man learns things about women and dating relationships from their father. Mm -hmm. Did you ever get lessons like that? Well, I don't have a dad. <laughs> but your stepdad I guess that's the point like, of the podcast. <laughs> your stepdad was like somewhat around for some periods. Uh, yeah, no, no, no. He was, um, nah, no, definitely not. He was, uh, yeah, quite a quite an evil man. Yeah. So, have you felt like you've had any father figures? No. <laughs> Your mom's just. No, nah, my mom. As yeah. I said, my mom, bro, my mom's a G. So it's like, my mom's. I told you, I was saying this other day. Like, my mom's the most. Uh, I don't know. Is red it pill. blue pill or red red pill? Red pill. Yeah, my mom's like the most red pill. Woman That's an alpha male. <laughs> like my mom's like, but she's like, yeah, she she's um she understands because she's you know she grew up in the Soviet Union, you know, and she's like. I, I grew up with Russian traditional values and that's, I appreciate that, mm. right? Like simple things like, and simple things like as a man, I will pay. Mm. I'm, I'm no one's sugar daddy. I'm no one's like, I'm I don't buy girls gifts. I don't, but unless, you know, they're a long-term girlfriend, I don't, you know, none of that shit. Right. But like, if we're at dinner, I'm paying mm. like, and, and, you know, it's funny when like, I hear guys and like, they're like, oh, but you know, that's a low, uh, uh, I think some guys think that's like, oh, you're being a cuck or something like, okay, try hanging out with the top 001%, like 0001% of women and expect them to pay. See how that goes for you. And dude, for me, it's, I will show up as a certain way as a man. And I expect like, if uh, I'm with a girl and she won't cook, but dude, like I, I don't like, I either have a chef, I either eat out or I get food delivered. Like, I don't even, I don't even like having home cooked food that much. Right. But it, for me, it's just a simple thing. Uh, I have, you know, we just, we just had saw my cleaners it was like, to clean this four bedroom apartment. There was like seven people that showed up. Right. It was like a mini swap team. Right. Um, so I don't need a girl necessarily too clean, but for me, you know, those are things that are, are important. And those are things that I expect. Right. So yeah, I don't know. I'm about as, uh, yeah, I'm not politically correct at all. And, you know, I'm very unapologetic about it. Um, and I think, I look at my, I've, I have so much reverence for my mother and I have so much respect for my mother. And uh, I look for, you know, I was talking about how, how much I look forward to uh, being a father uh, and having a son. Um, but dude, if I have a daughter, she is going to be such an incredible woman because I'm sure my wife will be such an incredible example. Uh, but outside of that, dude, my mom is like, like, I don't, if you could take me or my mom, you know, if only one person could live, leave my mom, because like, trust me, the world doesn't need more fucking entrepreneurs. Like do we have enough of that the world, especially right now, needs more stand up women like my mother, uh, who are a perfect example of how to be a strong woman who, if push comes to shove, can rely on herself. But in the same side, understands uh, her beauty um, as a woman, understands what it's like to submit to a man when you find the right man. Uh, and understands, you know, uh, she just understands like the, the beauty and the polarity and that one is not better than the other, mm. right? It's a dance and you need both. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, maybe I had that advantage over other people, um, growing up with, you know, with the mom that I did. Mm. That's really interesting. So you got to understand like the masculine, the feminine energy, mm. and you've been reading like the way of the superior man. So that's like a fantastic resource of the fundamentals of what it is supposed, what you're supposed to do as a man and what she's supposed to do as a woman, because we don't really get these lessons in day-to-day mm. -day life, but your mother was actually the one who's drilled in that, that polarization, the yin and yang. And that's like, it's a beautiful thing to experience. Yeah. She's a gangster. <laughs> yeah. No, she really is, man. So that's interesting. So do you feel like your work rate and your desire 
for everything that you've built, especially because you started being like productive at a young age, is that in a sense to like pay back your mother? Yeah, a hundred percent, you know, and like do everything. All that stuff was from my mom, right? It's like, it's, you know, single mom, as he said, like uh, I had a stepdad, but that was more bad than it was good. And like, you know, we, why was it bad? Oh, dude, he was the most evil man I've ever met. I've met some fucked up people. He's the most fucked up person I've ever met by far. Um, and I had a weird childhood because it was like, I, I, you know, I told you the other day, it was like a weird kind of marriage between my mom and my uh, stepdad. It was very odd. I went to private school, right? So I went to private school and that was kind of like our side or, or our benefit. Uh, and my mom, and we got to live in uh, London and we got to live in Chelsea. So it was weird because I grew up around money, but then my stepdad never gave uh, me and my mom any money or su support us in any way. So my mom was uh, bouncing between, uh, you know, minimum wage job. She was uh, Chelsea and Westminster Hospital. She was a receptionist there, uh, you know, temporary summer jobs at Harrods, working minimum wage. Um, at some point when things got bad, we were on government, uh, government benefits. Um, so I just had a very, you know, I had a very, very weird childhood. And from the age of like seven, eight, it was very clear, like, I, I was like 70 years old. I was told my mom, I was like, I will take care of us. Like, I, I said that from that age and from like the age of 14, it wasn't like, I'll take care. It was like, I, unless I take care of us quickly, we're fucked. We're royally fucked. Um, and everything that I saw coming came true. Like, uh, you know, when I turned 18, my uh, basically, oh, and the benefit for my stepdad was he saved a lot, a lot of money on taxes. Um, so it was, it was weird. He was. Yeah, and he wasn't around much either. And when he was, he wasn't a very good example. Uh, like, yeah, dude, I remember some of my earliest memories is just like, and this is light. This is the light stuff. This is like the stuff that I'm probably, you know, I don't feel uncomfortable talking on camera. But like, dude, I remember being like six or seven years old, like receiving calls. Hi, this is uh, such and such escort services. We're looking for, you know, my stepdad's name. And uh, like, this is what I said, like, yeah, I had to grow up very quickly. And then, you know, my mom would be like, because my dad was flying back from Dubai that day. Uh, and my mom was like, uh, oh, who was that? I was like, oh, such and such escort services. And like, obviously, I didn't know what that actually meant. But I could kind of infer and I saw, you know, uh, her face. I think because it, it was going on 24-7, right? Uh, not surprised at all, but like uh, a little saddened. Um, and I was like, you know, I was like six or seven years old. I was like, no, no, mother, you don't understand. Like, they escort him from the airport to the house, like like, like an escort. Like, well, <laughs> so um yeah, man, uh, he definitely was not a good example of, of a, of a uh, yeah, he, he was definitely not a good example of a man. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. It's a, it was a very weird childhood, but I wouldn't change it for the world. I had the best of both worlds because I grew up with no money. Um, like, and even like the house I lived in, man, we were, by the time I left, uh, for the, the uh, previous two and a half years before I moved out, I moved out when I was 17 years old. It was like, that was my biggest fucking dream was like having my own place because like my i have like the worst that like i i still have like really bad nightmares from like the fucked up stuff i saw like in my childhood house like uh that was not a happy place for me at all um what did you see just lot like I, I don't know man i just i grew up very quick like just a lot of stuff you're not meant to see at a young age um so yeah, anyways, um, so the last uh, two years that I was there, you know, there was no uh, uh, warm water, there was no heating. Uh, and then when he found out that I was like starting a business, uh, he cut off the Wi-Fi. So I was telling you the other day, like uh, still to this day, actually, uh, the uh, phone number that I have uh, is with three. And like, if you live in the UK, you know, like three is just not the one. <laughs> like three is just not it, right? Like, like everyone knows, like, I'm, let's be honest, like if you got three, like, you're a bit of a road man, right? <laughs> like just, you know, but the reason I have three is because back in like 2014, 2015, I remember there was like 25 pounds a month. They did uh, unlimited Wi-Fi and hotspot. So I basically built my entire business off of hotspot. Um, so yeah, and it was just a, a long winding discussion basically. So yeah, I had a very uh, uh, interesting childhood where I, I kind of had the best of both worlds. I went to school with some very, very wealthy people um and i lived in an affluent area but then i still had the personal struggle of you know uh, me and my mom had no money so mm. yeah how often would you see your stepfather uh he'd come two or three months a year mm. yeah 
And what was it like when he was staying with you? Fuck, man, that was terrible. Um, yeah, fuck. I was so I was so scared of him. I still am. Uh, he's like the only which is, now at this point I know is irrational, but he's just uh, yeah, he's a very uh, yeah, he's a very powerful man. So um, yeah, not fun. <laughs> so let's say um, young teenage man or high school age. What's like a normal day in the life for you when he was at home around you? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, wake up, uh, talk to him when he was in the office. Um, I guess that th- maybe that's one good thing he taught me. Um, he would always wake up at like 6 a.m. without fail. Uh, he'd wake up at 6 a.m., work from 6 to 12, and then the rest of the day just watch movies and documentaries and just anything. And we played a lot of chess as well. That's one thing I, I will f- be forever grateful. Uh, played a lot of chess growing up. Uh, and he's this dude fucking wicked smart um so yeah that's something i guess I, I will be grateful for but yeah i don't know just would say you know see him in his office and as i said i guess maybe that was a good example uh, i'd see him every morning in his office i don't know how much work he was actually doing uh, <laughs> but uh yeah i'd see him in his office he'd be whatever doing this and that um and then i'd come back and he'd be fucking chilling watching a movie so i guess that was maybe those are two good things i can take away from, from my childhood you have a very nice personality, you know. You know, I was going to tell you this the other day. You know one thing I, I, I really respect about you? You are not afraid to give a compliment. Mm. Like, I've noticed you give a lot of compliments. And, like, I was trying to take heed of it for me personally because, like, I think a lot of the stuff that you say, but, like, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter what I think of you uh, if I don't vocalize it. So, um, yeah, I want to commend you on the fact that, like, I, I really I, I look up to the fact that... Uh, yeah man it's just that you you bring a lot of really good energy into this world Mm, thank you it makes me very interested because uh, we actually had this conversation just a few days ago with the upbringing that you went through there really was two completely opposite paths that you could have went through and like why do you think it was this one which pursued success and you know stayed productive had this drive compared to what also a huge majority of the boys who find themselves like essentially fatherless or experiencing trauma or abuse and they'll sink deeper and deeper into like the depths of depression into like addiction and everything mm. uh once again I, I think that's where i got very lucky because i had on paper i don't i honestly I, I don't know anyone who had a more like if you look at the the hurdles they had to jump through like a more difficult upbringing like in the sense of like you know, from the age of 16, taking care of my mom financially, uh, 17, finally fucking managing to escape and like move into my own place. Uh, when I was 18, what I knew was going to happen, happened. My stepdad had filed for divorce and he basically, you know, played a, a you know, a game of a war of attrition. So basically he spent hundreds of thousands, like I, I was 18 years old, all the money I'd earned hundreds of thousands I spent on legal fees. Um, first simple, like, you know, without getting too into because oh, fuck man if i see another divorce legal or if i see any more legal fees i'm just gonna throw up but um like simple stuff just to keep me and my mom in the country you know like he would whatever say uh we forged his signature uh for our visa and then then that invalidates our um that invalidates our our passport you know and then great and i have to spend another fucking fifty thousand uh you know to just it's not a I realized um, the whole thing in the legal system of like innocent until proven guilty, that's a whole load of shit. It's, it's no, you're guilty until you prove yourself innocent because that's how they get money out of you. Um, so stuff like that, uh, there's, you know, seven, eight other uh, very not so nice stuff, especially for a mom to, you know, be accused of and go through and stuff like that. Um, so I had like, like there's no one, you know, sometimes uh, I've even... You know, people tell me or like uh, about privilege. I'm like, man, go fuck yourself. Like, honestly, there's not a single person I know who had, like, t- imagine that being 18 years old, you worked your fucking ass off. You got all this money, like the money that you have actually saved. Now you got to spend on legal fees. But I knew that was coming. I knew uh, if I didn't do what I did, me and my mom, the day I turned 18, which is January 3rd, we'd be on the streets. That was his first thing was like, you have seven days to leave my house. Bear in mind, she'd been living in that house for 15 years. Um, you have seven days to leave my house, so try to uh, put her on the streets. Uh, once again, if I was in school, that's it. Like the moment I turned, like the school pay tuition fees wasn't because he 
was trying to be nice or anything. It's just it was logist. It was um, it was uh, not uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it's basically just to show that like yes, I'm still married and taking care of my well all this stuff. Anyways, um, yeah. So you know, there's no one I know that had a more difficult childhood on paper. But the thing that I'm very lucky is the area that I was in. That's the one thing that I will always say. Like I, I, I genuinely don't think anyone had a better on on paper, better childhood for success than I did. Cause I had so much fucking pressure to take care, care of me and my mom. So I had that drive, but then on the flip side, I had examples of it all around me. Like for me, I'll be honest, dude, from the age of 14, it wasn't like, oh, you know, maybe I'll make a hundred million. It's like, I know for a fact, like it's, it's never been down my mind. Um, and it still isn't a doubt in my mind, even, even a billion. Like it's, it was, to me, it was pre-written in the script. It's just, I, you know, I accomplished what I wanted to accomplish a lot sooner than I did, to be honest. Like, you know, uh, let's say, for example, like having 10 million in the bank after tax. Like I thought I would do that maybe at 30, not at 21, but I still knew I was going to fucking do it either way. Um, so that's, I think that's where, where I got very, very lucky, uh, is the fact that, um, I think if I had all that shit with my family and then I also was in a place where um, I had no example of success around me uh, mm-hmm. and it wasn't in my a field of vision, uh, then maybe, uh, you know, it wouldn't have gone the way that it did. And I will say it's not like I had any entrepreneurial friends or anything like that that I could look to. But just, you know, even just I don't know why I just got very lucky to some, you know, I was 14 to stumble into, you know, reading books, you know, Tony Robbins. um, uh, Stephen Covey, like you just like all those classes, you know, Robert Kiyosaki, you know, watching the podcasts, like, uh, or listen to podcasts and, you know, just diving deep into that world when I was young. Um, you know, I got, I got very, very lucky, um, to just stumble upon that in the same way that anyone who's stumbling upon your podcast, dude, they'll probably look back in four years and be like, fuck, you know, Hamza had a very large, uh, role to play in the fact that I turned my life around. So yeah, then a small little, people that you can look at, whether they're in your immediate circle or not, can, can do a lot for you. Mm. That's a beauty of the internet. Yeah. There's, <laughs> yeah. there's that quote um, in self-improvement, you're the middle of the five people you spend time with. Mm. And I think the new updated version is kind of like, you're the average of the five people whose content you consume. Yeah, I agree with that. And so you just you know somehow stumbled upon like the finance books and the classics, Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and everything. And they essentially became your father figures then. Yeah, yeah, 100%. That's really beautiful. Like when you think about the power of a book, it's here we have a young kid who only really seemed quite negative, abusive, like or as a role model. Mm. And then here you have like a very successful guy who's written a book on like finances. And it's almost like you're learning from like daddy, mm. but from like just an inherently just positive, here's how to improve your, your finances. Mm. It really yeah, is like so nice that, and this is one of the things that I, I think I most respect about you is like, you've had such a huge focus on education and you've done it in such like a positive, like beautiful way. Like we've not even mentioned it, but if you know his story, like here's a guy who's he's dropped out of high school and he's like literally building more schools in like less fortunate areas. It's what you see on first impression, I think, especially if you're blinded by like insecurity and jealousies, I was, okay, this guy's a dick. He's rich, he's faking it, you know, it's a lie or anything. And you peel back just a couple of the layers, you're like, what the fuck? Like, he's he's literally transformed. He's as positive of like a role model as like a young man could be. Mm. Like, it's actually insane what you've, you've went through, like the complete 180. Like, that's so inspiring. No, I appreciate that, dude. Mm. I still got a long way to go, though. Like, trust me, like there's areas of my life I've really nailed down. There's other areas that I definitely still have a lot of work. Like which ones? I don't know. You say like positive role model, like, dude, I'll be honest. I have, um, you know, like for example, like I have even friends of mine that, uh, uh, are 24, 25 married, happily married this, that, like, dude, I, I'd say they're probably the more like positive role, role model, uh, right. Cause they have whatever successful in business, this, that, and then, you know, th- you know, they don't party and enjoy themselves and drink and this, and, and you know, you know me, I'm very like, I'm one or the other, either I'm doing monk mode or I'm fucking partying a lot and having a lot of fun. Um, so yeah, you know, like that's, I always say to my friends, I'm like, fuck man, I, I wish I could be, I genuinely, like I actually from above my heart wish I could be like you, but um, I don't know, maybe it's cause I don't know, certain traumas growing up or this or that, like, um, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, uh, sometimes I can be a real like 
uh, hedonistic, um, hedonistic. Uh, I can be quite quite hedonistic at times, mm. uh, and and you know definitely uh, indulge in some of the finer things in life, which I don't think is a good thing. Mm. And why do you think you're driven to that? Yeah, I don't know, man. Um, like you know, I was saying to you the other day, um, there's certain areas of my life, like uh, I mentioned to you, like for example, fitness. Like I've been training since the age of 14. Like, you know, when I'm in the gym, like I don't, uh, like I think it was, it was a perfect parallel. Like in terms of my body, I'd say, you know, pretty much, you know, most guys who look at the, the body and the physique I have and they're like, fuck, that's like the dream. Mm. Um, but I don't build any of my self-worth from that. Like I literally, I don't ever look at my, uh, you know, myself in the gym, in the mirror and go like, Oh, um, you know, this makes me, this is, this is a part of my, my self-worth, right? I'm, you know, and, you know, for example, I want to this year probably uh, put on another three or four kilos of, of muscle. Um, I don't do that because I'm like, oh, that, then that's a reflection of who I am. I'm just like, oh, yeah, I enjoy training. And like, why not? Like, I just do it for the love of it. Right. And that's, first of all, when you get the best results, um, cause it's not clouded by anything. And mm. second, like, that's just the most, like, it's just from a place of love. Right. Uh, and just from a place of like respect for the thing. Um, whereas this stuff with like the business where it's like, I still don't, you know, don't get me wrong with the businesses. I love what I do and I have great respect. And, and I, you know, for me, it's a, uh, I have great honor in what I do, but as I said, it, me at, you know, right now, 89 kilos and me at 93 kilos, I, my self-worth has not changed at, in the slightest. Me at 10 million in the bank after tax and me at 30 million in the bank after tax, I think my self-worth changes, right? And I don't think that's a healthy thing, right? Um, and I think that's the same with um, both when it comes to money and status slash women. Um, and yeah, I think uh, I think there's nothing inherently wrong with these things, with being super well. It's just the place that it comes from. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it is still... Um, I've done, I'm, I'm, dude, I'm very different to, for example, like the way that I was like three or four years ago. You know, I remember like even four years ago, probably if you met me very quickly, very early on, if you met me at like an event or something like that, uh, very early on, I'd find a way to sneak in how much money I, I'm making. Uh, and I know, you know, I've mentioned it here, but that's really just more for context and whatever we're doing a podcast. But like when I meet people these days, um, let's say at an event and they ask me what I do, I, my go-to response is I'm in the avocado business. Uh, like I import, export avocado, like, I, I and you know or that either that or i say i work for a company called ig media as in like i'm an employee to you know my own business um because whatever man like i have you know it's low-key people don't need to know um so that's me four years on probably in four years i'll look back and you know i look back at shit i said in 2018 i'm like that's really distasteful and it, i you you reek you absolutely fucking stink of um insecurity mm. like it, it's dis- like i'm disgusted by it right and probably and i'm very different now uh, and i'm a lot more secure in myself now than i was four years ago but probably in four years i'll look back and i'll be like Fuck, 2022 even reeks of insecurity um and yeah uh you know i think a, a lot of times as well people look at you know uh ultra successful people and they're like how could that person ever be insecure and trust me insecurity is a large part of why they even got mm. there in the first place um so yeah you know it's uh i come in and out of it like there's you know for example periods uh where literally money does not affect my self-worth at all because i'm just i'm loving the thing the, the process so much um but i'd say there's a, still a vast majority where i'm like this is directly i place some of my self-worth on this mm. yeah. that was a phenomenal insight Mm. insecurity is a huge part of i'd say most people's success it's like you said it was the exact opposite for us for me there's there's no level of insecurity in the work that i do the videos that i make it's literally just intrinsically motivated and i literally just i've always like from age 13 before i was making any kind of money i just love the process of just making a video putting it online and oftentimes like i literally watch my videos more than i watch any other creator like i'll, I'll happily watch my videos for fun mm. whereas the gym for at least six and a half years was totally just extrinsic motivation is the example i gave you that if i can for example increase like my lifts and i can pack on some more muscle then hopefully more people will love me because i didn't get like such a consistent sense of love Mm. in childhood and it seems like it's the opposite version of you which is 
that's so incredibly interesting that I think we've experienced like somewhat um, similar things in terms of like childhood abuse and everything. Mm. And we've just both just found like a different outlet for it. Mm. But looking back, probably both of us would agree. Like, I don't think we'd actually change it. I think uh, it serves you to a certain point. And mm. then now I, it doesn't serve me anymore. Right. I, I don't like, there's no part of me that's works harder, gets better results and feels better about themselves using that as like, you know, um, the, the thing to dwell on or like the thing that's still a large part of the motivating force uh, compared to like, like the best people on earth. It's like you, you know, you look at Michael Jordan, you look at Steve Jobs, you look at um, uh, Amy Winehouse, right? You look at these people and it's like, dude, like fucking watching these people. It's, it's all, it's, they literally have like, a, it, it, it's like they've got uh, a, like God flowing through them. Like it's literally like they're, they're con you watch it. It's like they're connected to something divine, right? And like when I'm doing my best work, it feels like I'm connected to something divine, like bigger than myself. It feels like I'm tapping into, uh, and I am, I'm channeling, right? Like, and that's what these people are doing is they're channeling. And if you want not not very good. I'm talking exceptional. I'm talking the best of the best, like the best of the best comedians, the best of the best actors uh, and actresses, the best of the best, whatever, like they're channeling, right? like they're tapping into to me what is some sort of divine energy. And when you're so like stuck in here and you can't tap into that. So um, once again, like a lot of things that we've talked about here, um, certain things serve you to a certain point mm. and you have to use them. But at a certain point you need to, and that's also where I see a lot of people get stuck. Like it serves you to a certain point, but you need to know what's that next step, right? And what's the thing that's gonna get you to the next level. Um, so I agree when you first start, I think I think it, it, you know, it's a great tool and a great motivation mm. to have, but at a certain point you need to uh, know when to let it go. Mm, yeah, that makes good sense. So insecurity is the burning, like the motivating force to start because you see this in a lot of like the athletes documentaries and with, you know, bodybuilding and everything. It's always that same story of like, oh, you know, I was a little skinny guy and no one respected me and girls didn't mm -hmm. hold eye contact with me. But then I started lifting weights and now girls hold eye contact with me. It'll certainly get you started. And, and there is science to show that uh, avoiding fear slash avoiding pain is highly, highly more motivational than wanting pleasure. Mm -hmm. And so it seems to be I'm, I'm trying to even put together like a self-improvement plan for someone who's, you know, particularly down bad. Let's say some random 18 year old who's just doing all the bad habits. He's not being productive. It's weirdly like a toxic mindset, but it's kind of beneficial for a guy like that to have that sense of like the dark side of motivation mm. to like get back at that girl, not in like, like in a hostile way, but it's the guy who makes the best gains of his life after a breakup. Yep. It's the guy who like goes through like childhood drama and then goes on to be successful after that. Mm. It at least gets like the ball rolling because it's almost like we wanna channel that aggressive energy into something that's actually productive. But by the time that thing has started taking off and we've gotten the habits and it's snowballing, that's definitely when more of like the sort of negativity, the hostility, the aggression, it's just increasing your cortisol, it's just stressing you out. Mm. And it's like, you've already got the ball rolling. Then it's time, okay, let's heal our trauma. Let's talk about mental health. Mm, for sure. Let's talk about trauma then. How do you feel it still affects you today? Yeah, well, I guess that's the other thing. Like a, a lot of trauma is uh, uh, unconscious until it becomes conscious. And there's still stuff to this day where I like, um, the unconscious becomes conscious, right? Um, like even just that insight that I, I told you, like probably like a year ago, I wouldn't have been able to see how I act different in the different aspects of my life. Um, you know, as I said, like that's just one aspect where uh, when it comes to health that I'm really like, it's, I'm channeling, like it's just, for the love of it. Um, so yeah, as I said, there's like a lot of, uh, um, yeah, and uh, even insecurity, like, you know, uh, two, three years ago, maybe if you ask me, like, are you an insecure person? Like, are you kidding me? I'm like the most, like, you meet me, I'm like the most self-confident person. I'll go speak to anyone and both. And you know, a lot of these things are, as I said, are just very um, beneath the surface. Right. Um, and like the more and more as time goes on and the more work I do on it, like as in like the better my insecurity gets, uh, as well as like my general environment, like as the more that better that gets, even though those things are both moving in the right directions, it's more and more apparent to me like, wow, mm. like a lot of stuff you do, um, it's, uh, 
it's not because like a lot of it is just programming. Um, so as I said, uh, you know, it's new stuff comes to me every year. The, the unconscious becomes conscious. Mm. Yeah. It really is awareness, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And no matter also, that's the thing, no matter how much meditation you do, there's a lot of meditation and a lot of psychedelics. Um, sometimes it's just like, you know, uh, these lessons will, will be presented at the right time. So if we visualize now a young fatherless man, let's say he's 18 years old and he's never really had like a good father figure. He has never experienced healthy masculinity the stereotypical like down bad self-improvement story and he's watching this what do you feel like he needs to hear i'd say the biggest thing is become start off with becoming the hero in your own mind like that to me that's the biggest thing like i was always a hero in my mind like dude before like my basically my favorite book is uh <laughs> it's actually probably quite ironic uh, my favorite book is great gatsby uh as well as favorite movie i've probably read the book you know i, I did a lot of reading growing up i've read the book 20, 30 times. Uh, watched the movie maybe 15 times. Um, and dude, I, you know, I read that book when I, first time when I was 14. Um, and I resonated with it. Like I really, re I was like, I'm the hero of my, you know, like I, from a young age, I was like this, this hero of my own mind. And it was like, um, I think that's the big thing as well as it's, you know, people who are down bad, like they don't have a good self image of themselves. And, Quite frankly, yeah, I don't blame you. You shouldn't, because like, you're not you're not valuable. You're not you you're, you know you're fucking withering your life away. Mm. But that's you now. So don't try you know don't try to change it. Like I you know the affirmations I am this. No, you're not. You're like you are a useless piece of fucking shit. But you you don't have to stay that way, right? Like what what's a you know you look at all these movies, right? It, it is it any fun if the the main character you know, starts off successful and starts off at a great place and everything just, no, like a good movie has turbulence. And a, you are, to me, I've always viewed myself as like the main character in my, in my movie. And it's like, you start off at a really shit place, you build, you have some wins, you have some losses, but like, I, I want people to focus. And you know, by the way, this also doesn't mean being the hero of your own movie. This doesn't mean to me, okay, go look at Ferraris, go look, I'll be honest, to me, like I, I, I do somewhat, I can kind of see the, the point in a vision board somewhat. Um, I think it's actually better, uh, and I tell a lot of uh, uh, people in my community to do this. I think it's actually better if instead you go to Rolex, you try on a Rolex, it becomes tangible, it becomes real. You've had a Rolex on yours. I think it's better if you go to the, you know, a very, very, very expensive restaurant and just have a coffee. You know, I tell people all the time, like, look, if you go to Starbucks, you have a three pound coffee, or you go to, um, you know, you have afternoon tea at the Ritz, Right. Uh, and, you know, of course, some places there's minimum spends, and stuff, but, you know, you, you, you sit in lobby or of a very, very, very expensive hotel. You're still not going to pay more than five pounds for a coffee. A coffee is a fucking coffee. Right. But when you're sitting in that hotel, every, literally everyone is spending at least a thousand pounds a night to stay at that hotel. At least. Right. And, you know, that reprograms and rewires you in a lot of ways. Mm. And, you know, you know, speaking about uh, the UK, look, if I, I said I had a very I was very lucky, like I even though. You know, my childhood home was like a shithole. We had no warm water, no heating. Uh, and then as I said, uh, the last two years, no Wi-Fi as well. Um, although it was a shithole, I lived around a lot of wealth, right? Um, if you don't have that, you know, if you're not as uh, fortunate to, you know, uh, be around that, take the fucking train. Take take the fucking train. Go with one of your friends uh, that's also not a dumb fuck and wants to improve his life and go to a super expensive uh, hotel and I said, just have a coffee or something like that. You know, that it makes it tangible, it makes it real. Mm. Um, but the reason I say all this is because uh, I, you know, I don't believe too much in the like, you know, I have a Ferrari and a vision board and this and that. Like when I say the hero in my mind, like when I was young, I, I wasn't visual. I never, I literally never visualized the Ferrari or the, and I, here's a very interesting story for you. Uh, I remember even when I was younger, I you know how like some people like turn their heads at ex expensive cars or, you know, they'll even take photos with it or take photos of it. Never once did I ever, ever, ever allow myself to even turn my head at an expensive car. I was like, why would I? Like, I was like 14 years old. I was like, why would I? You, you turn your head when it's not normal for you. I was like, it's going to be my life. So very soon I'm going to be driving. Like, why would I like, why would I? Uh, and it's the same thing. Like when you see like a super attractive girl, like unless you have the intention of going up and speaking to her, 
don't look at her four times. Like either look at her once, twice and be like, okay, I'm going to go speak to this person. Or if you're not going to do that, and by the way, no judgments, you know, sometimes you're having a bad day. Don't fucking keep glancing over it because you're, to me, when you uh, put something on a pedestal, uh, when you put something on a pedestal, it's signaling to yourself, I am not deserving of that. Mm. So that's why I would never, ever, ever, ever dare let myself, you know, have more than a glance at a car. You know, maybe I'll, I might hear the sound go by and I might look, uh, but I would never look at a car, obsess over a car, this and that, because like, this will be my reality very soon. And that's why when I was young, the whole hero in my mind, it was not like, oh, when I drive the Ferrari. And by the way, like also that's such a shit fucking goal. Like, you know, like it's uh, like, what a, what a terrible goal. I'm like, glad you said that. You, you know, like really like you, first of all, you can rent, you know, you can rent them. You can leave, you can do a whole bunch of shit, right? Like for me, my goal was like, okay, I want to retire my mom. And I was like 13, 14 with this hero image in my mind. Like I was 13, 14 with this idea of like, I'm going to have multiple homes in multiple locations, which I have now. Uh, and the other big thing is I will always make sure my mom is close with me. Um, and that's the case, you know, I'm out my four bedroom apartment here in Dubai. I got my mom an apartment, whatever, uh, 15 floors up. Um, and yeah, that's, it, it was all this idea of like being the hero in my own mind. Um, so yeah, you know, uh, one thing that I always try to get people to do is almost build out like a little Wikipedia for themselves. Um, like write out your own Wikipedia, but like once you die, like with the idea that you've died, um, and I did this a lot when I was younger. So I literally wrote out my full Wikipedia, like in third person, describing myself and describing what I accomplished, my attributes, uh, etc. You know, the things that I uh, was remembered for. Um, so I said, for someone that's down bad, um, you know, I think pain is only bad when there's no end in sight, mm. right? So if you if your life is shit and it's tough and it's difficult and there's no end in sight, that's when it's really scary. But if your life is tough and difficult, but you have a vision and end in mind, and I said, you can build out this image where you are your own hero. I think, you know, um, I think that's the, the first, that's the first step. Mm. So it's interesting. Okay. So you said, uh, level up the vision board because one of the things I tell my boys, get okay, visualizations, improve your self image and, I've actually seen a lot of people make like these vision boards. And interestingly, I was literally just watched like a full length podcast by Dr. Huber, Andrew Huberman. Mm -hmm. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Huberman lab. And he's going through like the, the neurobiological studies of things like visualizations. And he said, they're actually not anywhere near as effective as we think. The two things that are is foreshadowing failure. So think about the thing that you want, then think about the obstacles that would arise. And you know, then you visualize not let's say the Ferrari, but more so you visualize the obstacle of you waking up early and you don't want to, and you know, you, you focus on each and every step and the problem that you'd have to overcome. But the second one, very similar to what you've said and what a YouTuber I really like named First Man, what he said is essentially have as much stimulus as possible in the thing that you want to experience. So instead of just seeing it in your mind and it's, it's very intangible, he was saying that there was a big significant difference when participants saw like themselves photoshopped with the body that they wanted compared to just visualizing it. You're taking it a big step further along with uh, the YouTuber first man. Essentially his uh, phrase is live like a king for a day. So he said that what he's done a few times is that he's purposely went like pretended to be like way more wealthy than he is. Spent like a thousand on like some hotel and stuff and to like really feel himself there because mm -hmm. then you're truly in that environment. And I think that's like the Huberman Labs idea of like photoshopping yourself, but like, on steroids mm. and in fact the the girl that i met yesterday she did that exact same thing she actually booked a room in this hotel it's like 900 pounds which you know for a normal like she's a student as well that's, mm. that's an incredible price to pay but she was saying the exact same thing it's like she wants it to be somewhat normalized in her mind like it, it's almost now it's real mm. instead of it being like such a distant thing and I think that's actually some very, very like incredible practical advice. Like whatever you seek in terms of the goals, try and make it as real as possible right now. See if there's a way, like if you do have a stereotypical like dumbass goal of like the Ferrari or something, go take it on a test drive. Just pretend you're like a rapper or something like that and just, you know, fool them into just letting you drive it. If you see yourself in like some fancy apartments, instead of just taking a picture of it or something, go and view one. When you're inside, it will feel real and it'll actually show you. It's kind of like meeting you. It'll show you like, yeah, 
this is it's real. This isn't like, you know, it's not pixels on the screen. It's not like that wishy-washy type of thing. Like there's a human person I can see right now. And it's like, yeah, like I'm I'm doing a collaboration with a guy who's worth like 10 million or something. It's, mm. no, it's real. Mm. And so it really opens up that thing in your mind which shows you like, oh yeah, like this is somewhat becoming more and more normal. Mm. I think it's actually, uh, I see a bunch of guys talk about this in terms of they're building success and attracting more and more beautiful women. It's like a beautiful woman's almost like so mysterious and like, you know, for the average guys, like they're just pixels on the screen. Whereas when you see one in person, especially if you've like smelt their shit, it's like, yeah, like that's a human bro. Like she poops, bro. It's like, mm. then it's real. And then it's like, yeah, it's real. So I don't need to put it on a pedestal anymore. Mm. I don't need to think it's like some mysterious thing which gets too much attention. You know, it's like girl at the corner of the gym who looks like an Instagram model. So you keep peeking and peeking and peeking. What you're saying is just like, at the very least experience it and if you're not going to experience it just fucking focus on something else mm. yeah 100 percent. yeah i mean you know whatever you uh whatever you chase runs so you know i don't uh, i don't believe in chasing anything um yeah i believe in attracting things instead yeah improve yourself until what you want chases you mm. exactly. i love that mindset how's your mental health right now <sighs> right now it's uh pretty frenetic um yeah it's uh i have a lot going on at the moment uh, which i don't like you know like a lot of people are, get on uh and they're like i have seven companies and blah. like dude it makes i always throw up in my mouth the fact that i have four companies like it's not anything i'm proud of i think it's stupid but you know uh, you know a little bit about my businesses you know one is uh, a, a, a agency that's the one i've had for five and uh, uh five and a half years uh, then i also have an education platform um with uh, courses, custom tools, um, a custom community, everything like that. Uh, and then I have a software company. So as my agency grows, you know, it's more, um, you know, uh, I guess at this stage, at this stage, honestly, the more my agency grows, I, I don't even think it changes anymore because for five and a half years I've been documenting, uh, you know, uh, running an agency. Um, <laughs> this, this is what happens. <laughs> Uh, I told you I always I want to have my mom close and I always make sure wherever I am in the world she has a key to my place. <laughs> Let me tell her. Yeah. So, one last question. What kind of father do you want to be? <sighs> Real heavy hitting one. In the final. Um, man, I don't like it's. That's such a long, um, it could be such a long answer because uh, there's so many different attributes I want to uh, encompass, but yeah, I don't know. Like I want, I want to be that first before my son is a hero in his own mind. I want to be the hero in his mind, right? At a certain point, like as a son, and I guess, look, uh, I guess your dad, I mean, especially if you've got a very, very special father uh, and I have friends who have very, very special fathers where it's like, there's. 32 and, and their dad is still their hero in their mind uh, and i think that's like dude that's the fucking coolest thing ever like if my son is like just and the, the you know these are people who are like like these friends of mine are worth hundreds of millions and they've accomplished any everything you ever want to accomplish in their mind and their dad is still their hero uh and i think man i think that's such a, a beautiful thing so um i said i could talk for 30 minutes about uh I could talk for 30 minutes about all the traits that I want to encompass, but the way that I know that I did my job right is if even when my son is 20, 30, uh, I'm still a hero in his mind. That means that I've, you know, I've done something to be a very stand up person. Uh, and I think um, setting that example is probably the most important thing. Mm. What do you think it would take to achieve that? Um, I think a lot of the things, honestly, I think even if I had a kid now, uh, I think, I mean, look, I, I, th I think when a kid's like five or six, um, their dad's always their hero in their mind, right? But then, you know, once they get a little older, um, you know, for me, like, uh, I think there's a lot of stuff that I do that I actually am very proud of. Like, I, I would say I'm a very honorable person. Um, like, you know, there's a lot of stuff that's happened in the world that I'm very outspoken about. And man, like, I don't, like I'm very uh, principles uh, oriented. Like I don't give a fuck how I sound. I don't care uh, what stones people throw at me, anything like that. Like if I know something is fundamentally wrong, I think there's there's only 
in life, you probably only get between five to 10 opportunities to really show your character. And um, I will say, especially in the last like two years, uh, maybe even three years, like I look back at the things I've done. I'm like, I passed every single one of those tests. Like I'm, uh, yeah, I, I would say uh, I'm very proud of sticking to my principles. I like that. So we'll wrap up there. And one last question, just for my own personal gain. Mm -hmm. Do you have any advice for me? Uh, advice for you, um, get out of your area, like tomorrow, yesterday. Like, I, I don't know, like, dude, you obviously, you know, I won't say it here, but man, when you even told me like, bro, your audience has no fucking clue how much money you make, bro. You make a lot of money, right? Like you make a lot of money, right? Uh, you are a very, very, very successful business owner. And also they like, bro, I'm gonna be honest. Even your operation, I didn't realize how much goes into it. Like, I didn't, of course, you make a lot of money, but you spend a lot of money for the operation. Um, so, dude, like, in your situation, like, do you, I mean, I, I think that, I think in, in the same way, that's also kind of badass. Like, you used to live at home, you know, with your parents. Um, but, dude, like, now it's time. So, so once again, there's, this is also sort of a paradigm thing. Like in your situation, you need to go and you need to be around all this wealth. Mm -hmm. And then you get to a certain level of wealth. Like for example, uh, where I'm at right now, where for me personally, uh, being around wealth, like for example, being Dubai, I hate Dubai. <laughs> like I really don't like Dubai. You know, on Thursday, I'm flying uh, to Cape Town. Just got a new uh, six bedroom house there. I'm fucking so excited to finally see it. Um, like for me, Cape Town is my happy place because I actually, I have a, like everything there is very beautiful and all the houses and all the villas and everything like that is very beautiful. Um, but for me, it's away from the wealth. Like at a certain point, you already have a wealthy mindset and whatnot, and you already have an idea of what's possible. Um, so I think now you're at a stage where I think you need to get away from um, basically where you are. You need to go to London, uh, which I know you're intending on. And by the way, which you could have done a long fucking time. I just, bro, like you said, you're, you're, he, this man is very humble. He is very, 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 you guys have no fucking clue. Trust me. Thank you. You guys have no clue how successful this dude is. Um, yeah, so as I said, with the resources that you have, which is a lot, um, yeah, I, I think you should be moving to London. I think, uh, expanding your network there. Um, and yeah, I think that'll really, really broaden your horizon. So, uh, I think your money will continue to multiply many times over when you move there. I think, uh, your network, uh, will continue to multiply. Um, and yeah, I think also the caliber of women, uh, it's just on a totally different level when you go to a city like London. Mm. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah. <laughs> appreciate you doing this, uh, man. I appreciate it, bro. Nothing but love, bro. Where can everyone find you? Where? In Dubai. If they're that interested, I'm sure they'll find me. I'll have his stuff linked in the description. In particular, there's a couple of his YouTube videos that have personally helped me a lot. And I was saying this to him, like, not to sound cocky, but if anyone can teach me something about like monk mode that low-key dopamine detox lifestyle after I, I kind of did it full-time for almost a year straight. I'm pretty sure I did it like for the longest time. Uninterrupted. Without, yeah, with yeah. uninterrupted out of like anyone who's been talking about it on YouTube. And here I was, I watched like a random monk mode video of yours popped up and it, mm. I literally learned like 10 practicable things that I implemented straight away. I even show you, it's almost like a fanboy thing. I was like, oh, look, <laughs> you said to do this thing and I've done it and everything. And like, it's incredibly helpful. So I'll link the, that, like the direct link of the videos that I personally liked. And if you like my content of like self-improvements, young man's like um, increasing your SMV, discipline, productivity, you'll like those videos as well. All right, boom. So take care, boys. <laughs> Good stuff, mate. Nicely done, man. Cheers. <laughs>